so glad you've joined us on the ERLC podcast to explore how the Bible addresses important cultural issues pertaining to life, religious liberty, marriage and family, and human dignity, and how we can walk in wisdom for God's glory and for the flourishing of our neighbors. If you're enjoying this podcast and find it helpful, please leave a review wherever you listen. This will help more people find and benefit from what we're learning together. We are grateful for the time you take to join us for these conversations. Welcome to the Digital Public Square, a podcast from the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission about ethics, theology, and philosophy in today's society. I'm your host, Jason Thacker, and I serve as a research fellow in Christian ethics, as well as to help lead the ERLC Research Institute. Each week, I'm joined by some of society's most influential leaders, thinkers, and writers to talk about the important ideas shaping our society today, as well as some of the top issues of life in the digital public square. Our goal with this podcast is to equip you to navigate these issues with biblical wisdom and insight. As always, alongside this podcast, we also have the weekly tech newsletter that you can sign up to receive each Monday morning. This resource is designed to prepare you to think deeply about the pressing ethical issues of technology, as well as life in the public square. You can subscribe now at jasonthacker.com slash weeklytech. In today's episode of the podcast, we're going to do something a little different than we normally do. Normally, I'm interviewing a certain figure or thinker or writer about some of their work and how they're influencing a lot of the conversation in the public square today. But today, I want to shift the gears a little bit and discuss a kind of a pressing topic that I've long been fascinated by and written on in terms of artificial intelligence. It seems that basically every day from wall-to-wall media coverage, headlines after headline after headline, we are talking about artificial intelligence as a society. And It's actually really fascinating, also really, really encouraging. For many listeners, you may be familiar that back in April of 2019, a group of about 70 evangelical leaders signed and launched a statement of principles called Artificial Intelligence, an evangelical statement of principles that you can find at erlc.com slash AI. We did so with really two goals in mind. The goal first was that we wanted the church to be proactively thinking about this technology. Even back in 2019 and 2018, when the project, when we were working on the project, we noticed that there wasn't a lot of conversation in the church and amongst Christian, whether ethicists, theologians, and even philosophers, thinking about the ways that AI was already shaping our society, how we view God, how we understand ourselves as human beings, as well as the way we see the world around us. We were already starting to see issues of automation and questions surrounding the nature and value of work. We were seeing questions about data collection and privacy, especially with kind of the prevailing surveillance capitalism, to uh, use the term that was coined by Shoshana Zuboff in the age of surveillance capitalism. We were also having a lot of questions surrounding the nature of the family. What does it mean to be human? But a lot of those questions have really come to the front in the last uh, six to nine months or so as most of the world and most of our society has been fixated on the newer technology specifically surrounding generative AI. For most people, you hear this in terms of chat GPT or Google or some other uh, systems that are coming out, these generative AI tools that are not only creating voluminous amounts of text, but they're also creating images and video and even audio from scratch. 
It's actually really fascinating. I have a good friend who recently sent me kind of a voiceover for a video that they were doing. And the voiceover was completely created by artificial intelligence. And it was hard to actually distinguish the actual audio that I was sent from someone actually speaking that is a real life human being. And it's becoming very, very believable. And so one of the things we wanted to do way back in 2019 was to help the church to start thinking proactively about this technology so that we weren't responding to it as much as we were engaging this technology proactively, realizing the, the formative powers of technology, how it's shaping and forming us as people, and the way that it's shaping our society as well. We wanted to provide a framework for Christians with sound theological, philosophical, and ethical framework to navigate uh, with wisdom a lot of the tools before us. And second, we also wanted to participate in a larger conversation that's going on and presenting a distinctively Christian view of the fundamental questions that are being raised and asked, especially amongst the social and political kind of ramifications of this expanding development, the application of AI in our society. One of the fascinating aspects to me, especially with the current kind of cultural conversation around AI, is how quickly our societies become almost entranced by these technologies. As we said earlier, there's kind of wall-to-wall media coverage. Almost every single day we see something coming out about artificial intelligence, whether it's a leader speaking to it or calling for government action or policy, developers warning of the kind of the power of these tools. We're starting to see how the tools are already manipulating and kind of being shaped. You also see, as we've said many, many times on this podcast, that nothing is neutral. We're also seeing a lot of viewpoints um, being worked into these tools and how they're shaping our perspective of the world. And what we wanted to do as leaders is to provide a distinctively Christian view about how do we think about these fundamental questions that are being raised amid a lot of the ramifications of these technologies and how it's shaping our society. It's true that many people are very excited about these advances, but I think there's a growing kind of chorus of folks who are wondering and worried about where we're heading and how fast we're heading. We've seen this even in recent months where there's many technologists that have signed on to statements to put a moratorium, like a six-month moratorium on development of artificial intelligence. We've seen this from federal government here in the United States and even into the European Union calling kind of federal action guidelines and policies. And how do we think about navigating a lot of the questions before us? And there's kind of this myriad of voices. But one of the things we wanted to do with this statement is to help the church to be, as we said, proactively thinking about this and presenting a distinctively Christian view. Because one of the things that we've talked a lot about here on the podcast is how that AI really, at its core, while a lot of the questions that we seem to be asking seem novel or new or kind of cutting edge in many ways, at their core, they're actually some of the fundamental questions that we've always asked as humanity, specifically in what does it mean to be human, which I think is one of the most fascinating and also one of the most underdeveloped questions in the conversation surrounding artificial intelligence, this question of what does it mean to be human in the age of machines? This is a perennial question that I think helps to frame up a distinctively Christian view of artificial intelligence when we think about what does it mean to be human. This is an increasingly important, especially in the age of emerging technologies, whether biotechnologies or artificial intelligence and a host of different technologies. In the statement, we address this big question, what does it mean to be human, by affirming the unique nature and role of humanity and denying, quote, that any part of creation, including any form of technology, should ever be used to usurp or subvert the dominion and the stewardship that has been entrusted solely to humanity by God. Nor should any technology be assigned a level of human identity, worth, dignity, or moral agency. This really encapsulated a Christian understanding of how God has bestowed on us a unique status as human beings, as specifically in our creation in the Imago Dei or the image of God. 
Many today seem to be amazed or even fearful about kind of the advances of AI systems because one of the things about these technologies is that it fundamentally challenges what we've long assumed of what it meant to be human. For generations, we assumed that what it meant to be human is the ability to think, to create, or to perform certain complex tasks that were uniquely human. No other part of creation were doing those things, and if they were, they weren't doing it at the level of human beings. This is what's really known as an attribute-based view of humanity in the Imago Dei that's been prevalent throughout much of human history, especially church history. While it's true, I do think that humanity does exhibit certain features such as reason and rationality, which is more of kind of a substance understanding or substantive understanding of the image of God, or gregariousness and relationality, which is kind of that relational view of the image of God, or even this idea of a functional representation, also known as a vice regency position on the image of God, this representative view or functional view of the image of God. The question we have to ask, especially in the age of emerging technologies and machines, is do these attributes or these capacities, do they ontologically ground our human identity? Or are they better as kind of representing this fundamental status that human beings have in light of how God has set us apart from the rest of creation and created us in his image? Here I'm reminded of the German Catholic philosopher Robert Spayman, who wrote a very, very helpful book that I encourage you to check out called Persons. He writes, quote, human beings have certain definite properties that license us to call them persons, but it is not the properties that we call persons, but the human being who possesses those properties. According to Spayman, a person in his framework is someone versus something. And this is something, this, this kind of phrase of someone or something is something that I feel like really has helped me to think through kind of the ramifications and what is it, that question of what does it mean to be human as we think through kind of the ramifications of artificial intelligence and how we think distinctively Christian about them. A person, as we said, is someone versus something. So thus, regardless of one's capacities or even attributes, they are a person simply because they are a member of the human species. He writes that there can and must be one criterion for personality and only one that is biological membership of the human race. Now, a lot of times when I talk about or present this type of a status-based approach to the image of God, it's met with, well, aren't we rational creatures or don't we exhibit high levels of rationality, language processing, and reason? And yes, we do. And we're manifesting that. And what I argue is not that those views are deficient in any way, but they're actually uh, reflective of this deeper fundamental status of what it means to be a human being. Because not all, and we have to be honest, not all human beings have the same intellectual capacities or relational capacities or even functional capacities. These attributes aren't present at the same level amongst all human beings. And as Spayman says, it's not that these properties are what we call human beings. It's human persons. It's human beings, biological members of the human species. And one of the things is I've studied theological anthropology and started to apply a lot of these things to our digital and kind of technological age is that we have to remember that technology, it may cause us to question what does it mean to be human, especially as we have these powerful artificial intelligence technologies, specifically with generative AI, that are doing things that were once reserved for human beings. They're mimicking, they're imitating what it means to be human in the sense of having high levels of rational capacity or creative ability. Now, we know that there's something fundamentally different, kind of going back to what Spayman says here, someone versus something. But if we base human value, dignity, and worth simply based on someone's capacities or even these type of attributes, I think we can quickly see how that starts to unravel, especially as we think through what does it mean to have kind of a pro-life or a human 
human dignity ethic to all of life, whether it's at the beginning stages of uh, human development in, term, in the womb in terms of a fetus or the unborn child who isn't manifesting certain uh, attributes in terms of reason, rationality, functionality, or even relational ability, especially in the womb. Now, these are capacities, one would argue, but these aren't fully being manifested yet. Or someone maybe at the end of their life or aren't really uh, manifesting. I always think of my grandmother at the very end of her life as she was lying in the bed and really didn't have any ability to communicate. She didn't seem like she was actually there in many ways, but she was still an image bearer of the Almighty God. Her life was not dependent on her contribution, this utilitarian contribution or her capacities or even attributes in that moment. It was based on the sole fact that she was a member of the human species, that she's deeply loved by her creator as an image bearer. So this idea of someone versus something, this kind of regardless of one's capacities or attributes, I think is a helpful way and a helpful corrective to the ways we often think about what does it mean to be human, especially in the age of artificial intelligence. While a human being is a specific type of creature who might exhibit certain characteristics and attributes, our human dignity, the value and worth, isn't based on the presence of particular attributes or capacities. But there's a lot more that can and should be said here. But the truth, I think, is central to kind of the ongoing debate over the development and the use of artificial intelligence today, that you are created in the image of God, according to the image of God, is a uniquely, the status that was uniquely given to you by being a biological member of the human species. A second and related question that I think helps frame up a lot of the conversations surrounding artificial intelligence is that in terms of where are we headed? Kind of what's the future of AI? Where are we headed in terms of the role of AI in our society? And how are we to view these systems as they grow in their imitation of certain human capacities? Much of the popular discussion surrounding artificial intelligence seems to note kind of this almost unstoppable nature to technology. And how these technologies, specifically with AI, will soon rival or even overtake humanity's place in society. So going back to the 2019 statement, we noted that AI will continue to be developed in ways that we cannot currently imagine or understanding, including AI, that will far surpass many human abilities. God alone has the power to create life. No human advancement in AI will usurp him as the creator of life. As we think about the future of AI, I think there's it's almost an open question of sorts. But one of the things that we have to realize and recognize as Christians specifically is that there are certain inherent limitations to these tools and what we're able to do as human beings. One of the things I always tell my students here at Boyce College is that we have to remember this idea that we are finite beings, that God is infinite, that he's above us, he's different, he's fundamentally different, that we have limited knowledge, limited abilities, and that we are finite creatures. One of the things that, especially surrounding the conversation surrounding artificial intelligence in the name of a very helpful book, even though I disagree on a lot of the, the context and a lot of the ideas presented, is in, it's called In Our Own Image, kind of conjuring up this idea how God created us in his image and how we're creating tools in our image. And I think one of the things that we have to be wary of is this idea that we can become like God or we can play God in terms of creating life and creating these various tools. And one of the ways that we've talked a lot about here on the podcast over the years is really comes down to what do we think technology really is? 
when we think about what is technology, and we kind of get into these two grooves often, we think of kind of a technological instrumentalism or a tool-based approach to technology, or we get into kind of almost a doomsday mentality. We think about this kind of technological determinism, this almost unstoppable force. I think both of these views, this instrumentalist view and this deterministic view, I do think are at odds with the theological, philosophical, and ethical framework that's provided to us in Scripture. And in contrast to these two common views, I think a biblical framework recognizes that technology is neither autonomously deterministic, nor is it simply this neutral tool that we just simply use. As I wrote in the recent book that we've covered here on the podcast, The Digital Public Square, Christian Ethics in a Technological Society, I opened that book up with a, a Christian philosophy of technology because I think we have to start asking some of those fundamental questions like what is technology if we have any hopes of addressing a lot of the symptoms and a lot of the developments that we see of our use of technology today. A Christian philosophy of technology, as I argue, is wholly unique in that it recognizes that God has given humanity certain creative gifts and abilities to use and to create these tools. But second, that these tools also are deeply shaping and forming the way that we see the world around us. The way that I like to frame that, especially in light of uh, the great work by Abraham Kuyper, is that the idea that technology is shaping our view of God, how we understand who God is as the infinite being, the uh, the omnipotent, all-powerful God, as we also think about the way that God has created us in His image, that it helps us to rightly think about God, it helps us to rightly think about ourselves as created uniquely in the image of God, as well as as we start to see the world around us, not as this kind of raw material as we see, especially with the Canadian philosopher Charles Taylor, where he talks about how today, especially in modern society, we see the world as in this kind of poetic term, in this sense of a raw material that we can craft and create our own meaning. But he kind of relates back to a pre-modern view of understanding a mimetic point of view in the sense that creation itself has a defined nature, a teleological nature. It has a defined kind of meaning and reality that we are seek to discover and conform our lives to. When we think about the way that technology forms and shapes us, we think that we realize that technology itself is not good or bad, but it's also not neutral. Technology, specifically artificial intelligence, is shaping us. It's shaping our view of God, ourselves, especially the world around us, in profound and very distinct ways. When we rightly understand the nature of what technology is, this also applies to the conversations surrounding artificial intelligence. As we realize amid the myriad of advances and developments and kind of exciting developments at times surrounding this technology, is that it is merely a technology. Coming back to Spayman's framework, of someone versus something. We don't create like God creates. It's one of the reasons that if you spend enough time around me or listen to the podcast or read my work, I'll often talk about how I'd, I'm not super comfortable with the concept of that we're co-creators. Often that's used in conversations surrounding biotechnologies and other emerging technologies that somehow we're co-creators. And I think that while I understand some of the mentality of why we would want to say that in the sense that we do create a little bit different than God, but we still create and that we're a co-creator, I think that that language seems to kind of elevate us to a God-like level. So I like to say that God has given us those creative abilities, but he alone is the sole creator of life and giver of life. When we start to rightfully understand what technology is, it can help us to mitigate a lot of the risk and to help to promote the good of technological advances. But one of the things we have to do as the church is not to give in to a lot of the moral panic that's been induced by the media and by artificial intelligence, and especially a lot of the hype surrounding this technology. 
But we also shouldn't passively allow others to kind of shape the conversation in ways that are directly at odds with the Christian tradition. It reminds me of one of my favorites and kind of influences in my life of Carl F. H. Henry when he wisely noted that the center of the Christian ethic or what we do and in our actions, the center of the Christian ethic is the concept of love. And we see this modeled in the great commandment that was given to us by Christ in Matthew 22. We see we're to love the Lord our God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and also to love our neighbors ourselves. The church must see this love of God and love of neighbor manifested specifically today in recognizing the dignity and value and worth of every human being as central to the ongoing work specifically related around AI and its role in our society. Our 2019 Statement of Principles was designed to help jumpstart this conversation about artificial intelligence in the church, which I think is needed now more than ever. So as the church engages a lot of these pressing kind of fundamental existential questions of like, what does it mean to be human and where are we headed? We must remember that the Christian moral tradition recognizes that no matter how advanced these technologies become, there is nothing that can fundamentally change what it means to be made in the image of the Almighty God. Embracing this truth today can really help us to retrieve a robust view of not only what it means to be human, but what it means to be human in the age of machines. Well, from all of us here at the Digital Public Square, I want to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, would you consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favorite podcasting app? These reviews really help us to know how we're doing and also to share the word about the podcast with others. As a reminder, you can check out that 2019 Statement of Principles on Artificial Intelligence at erlc.com slash AI. Also, make sure to sign up to receive the weekly tech email briefing that comes out each Monday morning. This resource is designed to prepare you to think deeply about the pressing ethical issues of technology today, as well as to stay up to date on the latest technology news. You can subscribe at jasonbacker.com slash weekly tech. The Digital Public Square is a production of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission and is produced and hosted by Jason Thacker. Production assistance is provided by Caden Christian and technical production provided by Owens Productions. It's edited and mixed by Mark Owens. Thank you and I hope you have a great week. Thank you.